Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Heavy, hey! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast or the live stream. However you are consuming, we're glad to have you. I'm Guy. That's John. If you're listening to this podcast, thanks. Share it with someone you love or someone uh, you hate. Either way, leave us a review, five stars, ask us a question. That's how you get in the mailbag. If you are watching the tube, great. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. The more subscribers, the better. And every single one is valued and counts. So thank you. Yeah. The ones that give us some money on YouTube value a little more. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We don't want your charity. Well, we'll take it. Bob. Uh, but, <laughs> got a little sweaty today at practice. I, I noticed mid-practice. I'm like, God, my, I get some butt sweat here. It's, it was, it was toasty. I agree. It was credit card was swiping quick. Hot relative to, uh, you know, Tampa. I, I would say that a lot of other camps are way hotter than whatever we're experiencing here. Yeah. I was going to say Texas, but I guess Jerry comes out to Oxnard. So that, even though it's probably not cool there, I bet it's 100 degrees. The um, practice, first practice that we attended, I guess there was one Sunday. We did not attend Sunday, but first practice we attended without the fans since, you know, OTAs, which brings. In some ways, down some of the circus of it all. You don't have fans on both sides of the stands, fans lining the field, speakers on both sides. In that way, it kind of changes the dynamic of practice, but in another way, it actually makes it a little more focused and businesslike. It felt very serious. felt like a real practice today, a little less like of a show, you know? felt like that would be something that you'd see like week six. Well, probably wouldn't be as physical. Yeah, I guess they weren't really tackling or hitting. Felt pretty businesslike. Felt pretty serious out there, I, I thought. You know, uh, uh, more than likely, the last practice we'll see all season. Yeah, I mean, because maybe there's less music, no fans, you could hear coaches and players yelling more, but it might be that they were actually yelling more today. Yeah, it felt like it was easier. I mean, you, the offensive and defensive line coach were kind of echoing with uh, the music down a little bit and the no fans. Uh, and maybe it was just one of those play game, day off, shitty practice yesterday. You know, it's one of those where you're just kicking them in the ass. Push, let's push through the dog days. Yeah, and they About already know they were get, they're getting on a plane today. So you just, you know, in your mind, you're like, you know, these planes, it's not like, you know, whenever you get on Southwest, they don't feed you anything. This plane, I think they give everyone like steaks and cheeseburgers. It's like, oh, we just got to get to this plane, milkshakes. You send the rookies to get you Chick-fil-A. I mean, you're just eating enough for like an army. You just like check out, you know, it's like, it's like Friday when you're like in elementary school and you just know you're almost there. You're not listening the second half of the day. You're saying that's what happened on Sunday. And so they had to get them back in line today. 
I do just wonder after a game and then you get a day off and you kind of know you're going to a joint practice, how just it'd be easy to lose a little focus, which I think yeah. it's, it's, that's why you pay in this sport coaches so much money. Cause even your most serious teams can get, you know, venture far away from the, uh, the, the lane of super discipline, super focus, just giving it all you got 24, seven, 365. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I do think that probably adds a little bit of urgency when you're about to go do a joint practice. You're about to let somebody else see whether or not you guys are a button-down operation. You're about to let another, you know, media. There's going to be this whole other group of people that haven't seen you before. Maybe there's a, I don't know if there's more pride necessarily, but there is a, a pride on the line when you practice against another team, in this case, the Vikings, that you probably do feel like you need to, you don't want them to look more ready for the season than you look. Yeah, but you you'll deal with that once you get there, right? Well, I'm just saying, but you got you got to make sure that you get on the plane ready to practice against somebody else. It's not a game, but these practices are more important to them than the game they're going to play on Saturday night. Well, yeah, I mean Trey Lance not playing. I mean, you, we thought this game, you know, besides Trey Lance, right? The Niners were rolling out all their backups. This game could be really bad. We we might as well start like in the second quarter. I was thinking about like you know part of last week was like if Trey Lance does not play takes a lot of juice out of the game. <laughs> yeah. You want to start the stream when the second quarter begins on Saturday. We're going to stream Saturday night, everybody. By the way, last Friday's stream the game starts. 10,000 people watched last Friday's stream. So if you missed it. Or just join us right till after. Maybe it's just a little sh- shorter and less going on. I think there's, yeah, I don't I'm prepared know. for not much going on. I think there's something to be said for s- second quarter while there's still a game going on on a Saturday night. Could be a good time. I don't know. We haven't decided that yet. More but, people started watching when the game actually ended. More people did, but that game was, you know, like maybe people just want to watch Brock Purdy and Kellen Mond face off. Although Mond I, might and, be out of the game by the time Purdy. Purdy yeah, in. I mean, my, my theory is I think what makes football so unique is there's only so many of them. And I even had the feel when I was watching the Packer game, even though I don't even like preseason, you just don't get to watch. You only get so many bites of the apple in this yeah. sport, right? Yeah. But it's going to be the deep bench. Even though they've cut some guys. Two Fresno State guys got cut on Monday. Disrespectful, frankly. Bullshit. Um, on the stream, EKBZ asked, ham pod flying out to Minneapolis for the joint practice. Well, kind of. We decided to pool our money and send John. So John will be going to the preseason game um, on Saturday. You know, tough break for me, John. But I guess I'll have to stay back on this one. And, and uh, you'll go and... Uh, you know, chart every, every, uh, it'd be very similar to our uh, Raider radio days when we both got paid the same yet. I worked every Sunday for, you know, 20 weeks and Haberman just got to sit at home. I was working at home. I was charting. You were taking calls. You got to be the voice of the nation, John, the voice of the nation. You know, it's, it's funny, but also, you know, yeah, at the time, I don't even think I quite realized what a good... I was doing many, A's post-game. That's what I was early, getting paid to do. No, not not early, not by the second I mean, third you know, year. Yeah, you got by, oh, by the third, oh, by the third year? Okay. <laughs> by the second year, too. You did about 20 games. <laughs> there were some Saturday... Well, no, there weren't any Saturdays. No. Now, granted, in fairness, they originally asked, like, what do you want? Out of, you, know, you know, when you yeah, work yeah, for yeah. company, like, what do you want out of this? And you're just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. You're like... I want to be part of an NFL broadcast. And you realize you're not even really part of it. And once it ends, you're just like, I'm not fucking doing Belichick and Brady here. Who even gives a shit? And yeah, the team president, you know, it turns out. Yeah, in a bad way. And it led to us uh, getting fired. But now we're here. Now we are here. It all, what's um, what's the name of the Rascal Flats? Uh, they do a song like that. God you know, Bless the Broken Road. Yeah, God Bless the Broken Road. <laughs> That's right. 
There you go. Rascal Flats, baby. We are sponsored by our wonderful friends at Tito's. Uh, as predicted, we discussed this during the stream live on Friday night. As predicted by John, Tito's uh, photos were going to be uh, 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 hammering our inboxes, our DMs, and boy, did our DMs fill up with you people sending us photos of um, Tito's. You enjoying your Tito's on a game night. Tito's handmade vodka. That is number it's, one, baby. I love the ginger the, beer, but uh, you know, you feels like a lot of people do. Life. You know, there's a lot of people tweeting at us and Instagramming us. I think I may have invented a drink. I, you know, I always thought you were you kept talking about ginger beer, and we figured it out it's not actually beer, but uh, it was one of those things that I honestly I've never drank it, and clearly I, I like Moscow Mules, but I never bought it. But I, I mean, obviously, a lot of people do. I, I thought you were kind of crazy out on an island, but I, I actually think you're probably a little more. Uh, you know, more people are doing it than I even remotely realized. And obviously, you get it at Trader Joe's, don't you? Yeah, which is a very, very popular spot. Uh, it's just that, that it, I also, I also, I never go to. Now you see, so you would like it. I just prepared salads anyway. Different ad, but uh, they they sponsor. Yeah, uh, they actually do sponsor podcast. <laughs> um, uh, the the Stuart Mandel Bruce Feldman podcast is sponsored by Trader Joe's. But uh, the great thing about the ginger beer that it's it's so much you. Uh, I'm pretty sure they sell Tito's at TJ's, by the way. The prices are really good. Um, but anyway, sorry. Sidebar. Yeah. Anyway. Tito's, wherever you shop. I mean, I, again, I'm, I, I'm, I guess I, I don't know why I'm loyal to this. Safeway, price points, Tito's, fantastic. It's just you can't beat the quality, which it's elite, number one vodka in America. And two, the price point relative to its competition, unbeatable. I, I can't rave about it enough. Obviously, you guys listening understand because that's all most people drink i mean let's call a spade a spade i mean you go out and drink that's what people are ordering tito soda tito's grapefruit whatever they're drinking and it vodka is involved tito's is the call yeah baby over 20 years ago tito beverage that is the man's given birth name tito beverage decided to start making vodka and now he's got a vodka that is simple smooth Easy to sip, great to mix. Uh, you can make whatever mixed drink you want. Make sure that you're doing it with Tito's. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. It is the best. Kyle might have one on the flight there today. Yeah. Tito's and um, Red Bull Cranberry. Is that what it is? Again, I've never, I mean, I've shopped 10 million times and walked by the Red Bull section, never seen a flavor of Red Bull. I don't even know where you would stumble upon that, but clearly he has. Uh, Austin on the stream says, Tito's ads don't hit the same on Monday as they do on Friday. Agree, unless you want to start drinking on Monday. Understandable. Understandable. Half of my Instagram following, I mean, they go on vacation every week, so. <laughs> uh, where do you want to start today? A couple different places we could start. Well, I saw someone bring it up in the chat, and I... I was telling you before the show that I, I think the unique part about the sport of football, unlike baseball, where major injuries just stand out and are jarring to watch a guy get carted off the field. Basketball, it's absolutely incredible. More guys don't destroy their body limbs all the time. And major injuries are actually pretty much still an outlier. When we grew up, double days, hell, at Davis High School, we had three straight weeks of double days. When I went to Fresno State, we had a month of double days. Obviously, the NFL historically had double days forever. Guys would come into camp. And I, I would imagine then if we could go to like 1991, 
if Roto World would have existed, I'm sure there were broken legs, broken hands, broken arms in camp because those injuries happen in, in games, right? Once games start, guys break stuff. Well, there's no – you don't see that many breaks. And one of the 49ers, I mean, a guy that was injured last year, Jeff Wilson Jr., literally got hurt going sitting on a chair. Like the thing about football, you can get hurt in practice. You can get hurt in preseason games. You can get hurt because of what is required to get ready for the sport training because the training typically requires a lot of weights, right? You're just you're putting weights on your body that you probably don't do in baseball or basketball. It's much lighter, high repetition. There's just no avoiding it. And I, Kyle Shanahan is not running the Junction Boys out there. And they have a ton of starters now, not knock on wood, not major injuries, not this guy's out on IR, probably not going to see him again. This guy's rupturing Achilles, but just your typical hammy pulls, growing strains. You know, who knows? Danny Gray's got about six different little nicks and knacks. And uh, uh, Elijah Mitchell is out till the regular season. Like they have several starters that it doesn't seem like too serious, but. They got hurt. Hell, Eric Armstead, who has been very durable for the 49ers, I think got hurt the first day of practice. Not pads. The first day of practice. I I guess ultimately my point is, and the NFL's clearly been very, uh, attempted to be very progressive with the concussion thing, right? They've gone above and beyond with these helmet things, even though I guess Andre Dillard and Malata, the Aussie guy, both got concussions on the same day in practice. So it, it even shows you that there's just no avoiding in the sport of football injuries. I think you can mitigate them like major injuries attempt to, but I don't think you can ever stop them. So I, I'm not, this is not, I'm not blaming anybody. Uh, I feel all the players like Jimmy Ward, like these guys are in elite shape. Definitely Ward, both wards and they're both, who knows? I mean, Jimmy Ward might miss the rest of the month. Might've got hurt. I mean, he didn't play in the game. I mean, did he get hurt yesterday in a borderline walkthrough practice? I heard Greg Papa driving back from practice say, you know, last night they had like a, it was like a team dinner slash season ticket holder, you know, one of those cheesy things that, I mean, a lot of teams do. And Jimmy Ward was supposed to be on stage, but he was getting an MRI. Treatment? Oh, okay. So what? I think it's fair to say that that happened yesterday in practice. Landon says, is it time to worry about the injuries in the secondary? I, I wouldn't use the word worry. I just I do think you're very aware when as we've gone out to practice from the beginning of the open practices, and when practice first started, you looked out and you saw Jimmy Ward, Charvarius Ward. Eventually, actually, I guess you didn't see it right away, but then Emmanuel Mosley showed up. When they had that group, and we haven't seen Armstead out there, but the front seven plus those corners plus the safeties. I mean, it was clear who Fonga has taken position as the other starting safety next to Ward and Traverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley um, are absolutely solidified at corners. Well, I have a prediction, John. This week, they're going to go practice with the Vikings, and somebody on the Niners' defense is going to start a fight. And the reason they're going to start a fight is one of the things that's going to make them a really good defense is that they fly to the ball and they tackle, but you don't really get to do much of that in these practices. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are not going up against the Niners' best corners. They're not practicing this week. And I think the Niners, somebody on that defense is going to get tired of the fact that these practices, A, are not set up for them to succeed, and B, they do not have their best players out there. Because it is, it's pretty, it's just, you notice the difference when you look out and who name whoever is out there, D'Amador, Lenore, Avery whoever, Thomas, yeah. 
Leon O'Neal, the uh, rookie from uh, A&M. When you look out there, and it's not those guys that for a few weeks we've been saying are a big part of why this defense can be a lot better than last year and maybe even as good or better than the 2019 defense. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe Fred's going to hit somebody. Maybe Hufang is going to hit somebody. Maybe Kinlaw is just going to start. I don't know. But this could be a bumpy week for them because they're secondary. And again, it feels like Charvarius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley are just precaution and they'll be back by the time the season rolls along the jimmy ward one sounds like it's a little more but you just don't until you see when somebody's dealing with a hamstring my default is always they're back when i see them back on the field i don't assume when you say it's a week on a hamstring that just in a week that person's walking back through the door yeah especially when it comes to speed guys and to me, that's wide receivers and corners leon o'neill got cut who's wearing 14 yeah. in practice who's wearing 14 today well i think they uh, I think they moved. He got cut. I thought last week again. I, I only I, know. I didn't get. I, I don't even know who that there. player is. Four, Fourteen was out there today. Oh, Ken Crawley. My bad. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I, Ken Crawley. I guess. It just to me, it just shows you. Like I, I don't have any expectations for these guys. In pre, I don't need to see anything. But and they're lucky. You know, the first couple weeks. I guess even by the second week, like the Bears are a joke. The, the Bears suck. And their offensive line is the Niners should fucking destroy them. But even the second week, Geno Smith, like we can make fun of him and he deserves to be made fun of if he has a terrible year. But like early on in the season, who's to say you can't just throw a couple bombs if those guys are dinged up and you got backups in there against DK and Tyler Lockett? Well, that, that would they just make you a little nervous. Like those you, two guys now have not having Russell there is a big deal. But I know this, if Ward, Ward, and Mosley, let's say two or three of them are just battling injuries out, like you do not sleep well a week just knowing that Lockett and DK are out there flying around, right? Uh, I mean, that's at the highest level with those two. Like you and I agree the Bears are not very good. I watched some of their preseason game. Darnell Mooney, Tajay Sharp, they actually, when you look at their group of guys, they like both of them made spectacular catches. They're not... They don't have a complete schmucks playing wide receiver week one. Mooney's Mooney's good. They can't block. He's been a good player before. He's going to get killed. Yeah, again, I'm not saying they're great. It's just they are just going to have to make some plays in the secondary this year. It's just going to be part of the deal, and you hope that you're not – you just hope that in – you know, week three, we look back and all of that's a distant memory. But here's the thing. By the time you get to week two, I I think Seattle's probably going to suck, but they got two receivers. Week three, you got Denver and Russell Wilson, who Albert Breer said it's basically Russell Wilson Inc. on offense. I'm like, is that a good thing, or did he just gets to? I think they're going to finish fourth in the AFC West. But the, what Russell Wilson Inc. means is he's going to throw the ball a lot, and I think week four is the Rams. So I mean, you got right away, you know, it's you're going to face passing attacks or or teams. We'll see what Seattle actually becomes, but I mean, they just gave a wide receiver sixty million dollars, <laughs> and I would imagine if you just if you were at practice. I can't imagine they have three or four better players on their team than Tyler Lockett, right? <laughs> so, I mean, you, their best two players, honestly, might be their two wide receivers. Honestly, it has to be. Who who, who else would even be in the conversation on Seattle? Those two Did guys. you say J.J. Ortega-Whiteside? Uh, I would put him down the list, but uh, Jamal, he wouldn't be up there. DK has to be the best player in Seattle, right? With Russell gone? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and and, and would be not that he would have been better, but Bobby Wagner's gone. 
I think their best two players are those two guys. I'm just doing I've a quick like check to make it. sure enough. Uh, I mean, he's terrifying. <laughs> he's terrifying. I'm just doing a quick roster check. Who are we, but uh, ultimately, uh, what they represent, and I think the league represents now, is it's a passing league. And I think you saw it last year. Now, they're much better equipped to handle it this year because they have more bodies. But every team in the league wants to throw bombs. Every single one. And, and this, the schedule that they have, think about that. Mahomes, Andy, they they dream about throwing. Denver is going to be a throwing offense. I mean, the Chargers, they're a passing team. Uh, obviously, the Raiders, they'll mix it up. But I, I would say with their personnel, Waller, Renfro, and Devontae, like that is just a tough matchup, right? I mean, those that's three legitimate a slot receiver, one of the, the best outside wide receiver, or one of them. And a tight end that's really kind of like this hybrid, and you could say, well, Fred, like that's, I mean, you, I mean, that's a Jimmy Ward linebacker combination type guy you cover him with, right? You got Fred below him and Jimmy above him, probably. So, and, and uh, we all love Hufunga, and he, everyone's rooting for him, and that hit he had on Friday night was so badass. But time will tell about just him in space because it is a space game now. It's. I don't want to say the NFL is the Big 12, but it's definitely not what the 1998 Big 10 was. You know, it's much more of a passing league. And, you know, the Niners had the worst possible case, right? They had a bunch of injuries, and they had to sign this guy up the scrap heap, and it fucked them. You just could throw at him nonstop. That's not going to be the case this year, but it, it, the case is that, like, you still need to defend the pass, and it's always going to be unless you have – We'll see. I mean, people were very high on Ward, and he should be fine. But I also think people are – you're anointing him like – I don't think he's ever been to a Pro Bowl. You know, he's a good player, but it's – good players still get beat. And I talked to a buddy on the Chiefs. They're like, they loved him. They still do. They think – they're like, if he had great hands – he doesn't have great hands. Kind of a Namdi style. Now, he's a smoother athlete, but, like, that's why he puts his hands on a lot of balls and doesn't catch it. That's where, like, J.C. Jackson mm-hmm. is basically a wide receiver, too. Like, he can pick the ball. And listen, at, at corner, I don't, I don't need you to pick it as long as you're touching it. I mean, the Niners, their guys last year were like looking the other way. So, I mean, PBUs, if they, if they just get a group that PBUs half the times that they didn't last year, that's a huge step forward. And let's face it, the strength of their team is the seven guys up front. They just need the back, wouldn't you say, to be healthy one and just consistently solid. I, they're not looking for Deion Sanders here. I, I heard Pop the other day say that he thought this group could be like the 94 Niners. I'm like, Greg, I fucking love you, but I mean, come on, take off the rose, you know, the red glasses. They had Deion Sanders, who's the greatest hover corner in the history of the league. Tim McDonald, Merton Hanks, like Google their resumes. Both those guys were going to Pro Bowls. And I'm pretty sure Eric Davis was like a high-end starter for a period of time in his career. Like that was, that was a high-end secondary with one of the greatest players, not just at his position, in the history of the league, Deion in his prime. So like that, that's... The 49ers don't need to be that because they're honestly their front seven should be the best top two or three in the league as a front seven. Like the Jim Harbaugh Niners, their DBs were just solid. Their front seven did all the shit. But I do think Charvarius Ward has a chance to kind of even elevate his perception going from a team that's going to be viewed this year as even though it's Kyle Shanahan's team, I think a lot of people are ready for them to be defense first versus playing for the Chiefs where – you know, you don't get quite the uh, the credit, maybe, because that offense is 
A, what gets you a lot of credit, and B, just puts you in games where you are playing a lot of defense because teams are thrown against you. So yeah, you're always up, so they're just throwing bombs. Yeah, it's it's, it's different. And, and, and this I, I pass rush, and and the pass rush, like you said, I mean, there's going to create opportunities for these guys to pick off passes, and you know, the ball maybe the I, ball I, will I, be in the air if the Niners have. I, the I'm not trying to be the- critical on on Ward, but I think Ward can just be like. What if he's just a really good player? Like, there's a difference between really, really good player and some lock, like all pro, pro I, bowler. Yeah, you're right. But I think if he's on the field, the chances of him more than earning his money, I think, are really high. Because we've seen what they've been. You, but with, you can earn your money and not be like a top two or three corner in the league. Well, like, we've seen what they've been. We saw what they did last year with less than great cornerback play. With, you know, honestly, liab- they were liabilities in the past game at times. Disaster. <laughs> so. Like to me, it's not going to take much for it to look like a high level championship level defense, but they just got to be on the field. Think about it. If we went back to the Niners football reference page under Kyle Shanahan, they have high highs and low lows and the low lows have been injury plague seasons. That's what's made them bad. When they have injuries, they are bad. That's what's happened with them right now. One of them was a Jimmy injury season and a quarterback injury season is, is what it is, but. Which derails most teams. Well, that's the only thing that can stop this defense from being fantastic this year. Like, oh, maybe they're all together and they're not as good as we thought. Like, to me, if they're all together and they're not as good as we thought, I think they're still a top 10 defense with the potential of being a top three deep, right? So their ceiling is – their floor is really high as long as they're healthy. I agree. But they got to be – I mean, it's – you'd like to have them all out there together. I guess the good news is – you have more good players this year on defense, so you can maybe handle. And they've got veteran safeties like Tarverius Moore and George Odom. Like these are not guys that, you know, uh, if they have to play, create major, major, well, major. Problems. Odom played a lot on the Colts, who have been one of the more consistent defenses in the league the last several years. And obviously, Moore, who got injured, has been a guy that played a lot for Kyle Shanahan and Robert Solo. Like he's a legitimate NFL player. But I, I, I do wonder what injuries is linebacker. Yeah, see, I, I think the ba- I think they do such a good job of cultivating guys. And the other thing, he, here's the difference between DBs and linebackers. As the league becomes more pass heavy, a linebacker is always coming off the field and more DBs are coming on the field. So it's like. I actually think you can just because it's a numbers game. You know, if let's say Greenlaw has a major injury like last year is gone. Well, then you just bump up a guy, but you're you're only have two linebackers on the field so much. It's only just fifty one and fifty four the whole time. Where at corner, it's like it snowballs fast because you have three or four of them on the field. A lot of these games, so it, it's just kind of a numbers thing, you know. It just it happens to you fast. And the one thing that's pretty clear at practice with their linebackers, they have a lot of athletic linebackers, and maybe that's just the type of guys come into the league, but. At corner, most corners, I bet if you went, I mean, a guy like Jalen Ramsey would really stand out. But if you just went team to team, when they're all just standing there, what do you say most DBs, similar kind of body types? I mean, some safety is a little bigger. Yeah, but just, yeah. You know, 5'11 to 6'1, you know, all kind of thinner, linear. You've never seen a chubby DB. They all kind of look the same, but they clearly don't all play the same. But the majority of the body types are all within the same vicinity. Like Mosley, I guess Ward's a... Even Ward, I don't think he's that tall. I haven't seen him for a while now. But like Mosley, I mean, Jason Verrett is actually on the smaller side, but he's such an elite athlete. 
in theory, I don't know. He's had seven million ACLs since and Achilles. Every time I keep hearing about like, you know, Jason Verrett, it's like, I listen, it's one thing. Like if you pop a tire and then you pop another tire and you pop another, you can always get a new tire. Like how many times can you tear Achilles and tear ACLs and just like keep the same? Why well, just still a four, three, three guy. It's like, I, I mean, you're eventually going to run, you know, the law of diminishing returns. Like, you know, I hit my max, my fourth ACL. <laughs> you know, I, I, and they clearly love the guy. I mean, that is a player that they have a super, super soft spot for. Clearly, the human, obviously, the when talent. he's been on the field, he's been really good for them, right? At times, he's been their best corner, but major injury after major injury. Yeah, but they don't have a team that's relying on him this year necessarily, right? They better not. No, no, they clearly don't. Like they plan, they this roster is one of a team that's had issues at corner before, and you know made it made a made an effort. You just don't want to. Kyle Shanahan said it. Like you want to start fast. You just don't want to start behind the eight ball with that group. But I mean, part of that is like we we'll get to Trey Lance, but this kind of leads us to the what you what you've been saying, which is the pass rush. And you and I have talked about this before. Like how important is it to spend money on corners? You'd rather you've said it. You'd rather spend that money on guys that get to the quarterback because they will make your corners better. Unless you're getting Deion Sanders, which not many Patrick Sertan, like you're not getting that guy by and large. So, and, and if and if if Ward is just a fringe Pro Bowler for them for a couple years, they didn't spend that much money, right? Right. It's not like he cost seventy five million dollars guaranteed. I think I think it was thirty. You know. Yeah. So you will gladly take high level starting corner play at. $30 million guaranteed over three years, basically, right? It's, I, I think sometimes, and I'm guilty of this too, like, as long as he's solid for the guaranteed money, like, I mean, a lot of really, really good players, like, guaranteed money starts like 60, 70, right? And now pass rushers, offensive linemen are super fucking high. I think he's guaranteed to be solid at floor. Yeah. Like, you're never going, you know, like the Nandi thing. I think most players you sign right like in this month, like given what the what the salary cap is, I would say in like that twenty to thirty five million dollar guaranteed number. If you just feel really good about the starter, I think you feel great. Like the Broncos, they they hire, uh, signed DJ Jones for twenty guaranteed. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year. Plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer. When you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, 
Maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. DJ Joneses are starting D-Tackle for a couple years. They won't even flinch, right? If you sign, like J.C. Jackson, remember, costs a lot more than Traverius. Yeah. So there's a little more pressure on like, this guy going to be a pro? And also isn't Dion. And also, but if he's... But who is? But, Sorry, that's not fair. But you would say about JC, when I give from 30 to 45, I think he got 45 guaranteed. Like that extra like 15, 20 million dollars, it goes like, you know, we're not just looking, like we're looking to maintain, sustain, like is this guy one of the best corners in the AFC? Yeah. So uh, the price point, what you pay for a guy kind of dictates how you look at him. Like the part of when we signed Namdi in Philly, it was like, this guy's got to be a pro bowler. And then when he's not, you just start freaking out. You can't even think straight when the guy, like Trent Williams, you give Trent Williams that much money. Luckily, he's just maintained being one of the best players in the league. But if he's just a pro bowler, you feel fine about it. But there's no like, you know, it's just, he's slipping. Whoever, I mean, that happens. We see it in football. You're just like, oh, shit. Or or a guy was at his best in the in somebody else's scheme playing for the right coach, but it's really specific, right? Like I think Vaughn Miller's a good example. The Bills gave him, I think, fifty million dollars guaranteed. And I, I was, I was, well, I think practice we went to on like last week. He was on with McAfee, and he's like, you know, they've told me, and he's like, I, I, I take this seriously. Like I'm kind of the missing piece here. I, I do think when you give a guy that much money, the expectation's pretty high. <laughs> you know, it's just, it just adds to it. Especially at that age. It's risky. Uh, if you guys had good practice, you know, just thinking about it, I, we'll get to Trey Lance. I want to transition from the corner conversation to D- to um, Bosa. I thought Debo looked pretty good today. Like, it felt to me like Debo took it up a little bit of a notch today. Uh, Debo Samuel. He's only as good as the accuracy of the passes thrown his way. But to me, he just looked like he had turned it up a little bit. Even though, as you identified, his... his uh, his one mile an hour like jog that's walk speed, but uh, but jog it looks like a jog, but it's it moves like a walk back to the huddle. I thought he looked pretty good today. I thought he had, I thought we we're, I thought it looked like Debo that was all right. We're one week closer to the season, Debo Sam. When you're when you're an all pro, a pro bowler, an all star, whatever, just an elite guy in a sport. And you kind of hot dog it. Barry Bonds used to do this. It's like, God, that looks cool. <laughs> you know, you you can make it, it when you see like an UDFA doing it. You're like, oh, this guy's getting cut. Debo makes he he had a one handed catch today that on a on a hard throw by Lance. I, I 
behind his body. It was off his back shoulder on a cross. One hand as he's going toward the sideline, which, listen, I mean, high-level players make one-handed catches. I remember Diggs did last week in practice. I don't think the average person, we and I include myself, we kind of become numb to, like, how hard that catches. Like if you just went out right now with a buddy and just even through kind of lobbers with a with a real football and just try to catch things one-hander, I'm not even talking hard, just kind of lob, how difficult it would be. And I know the gloves are a little stickier. I don't give a shit. <laughs> stick them isn't – the ball's not – he could have put stick them all over his hand. You still have to grab. Especially the velocity that Trey Lance threw the pass. Oh, my God. I thought that was his best catch at camp. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Again, it was he was going one way and had to turn his body back the other way, back shoulder, one-handed catch on a line drive. He had a nice sideline catch on a ball that Trey Lance threw earlier in team drill uh, that had some nice touch. They We did the classic uh, swing it out to Debo, convoy, and Debo runs behind everybody. I just thought he took it up a notch. And I, for me, it was good to see because we've been keeping a close eye on this. The balls that Trey Lance threw his way were on target, so maybe they're getting a little bit of a – better rapport going but um well there, there were a bunch of tweets yesterday about the, the installing the debo in the backfield package and <clears throat> i think you know the 49ers didn't want those getting out e- even though when you think about it, it's like yeah no no one thinks debo can be in the back like we all saw it guys we, we know the package is yeah kyle just burned that part of the play no we're good now like come on guys it's, we don't have nuclear codes here like we, we understand that he can be a running back and you're just getting some reps at it. No, no one thinks you threw those plays away. But it is it is going to be a little different this year, right? When you add, there is another person that can run in the backfield with Trey Lance. Oh, you're saying some like added element to the play. Well, you made the point. Yeah, just like, could they, everything like could, they they do, do. could they do speed option, the two of them? Yeah, where Debo then throws the football. I don't know. I mean, I guess you don't really do that in a speed option, but. Could you see. Uh, Debo direct snap, little- speed option to Trey. What about this pistol? Trey, Debo right next to him. Speed option. Flips it to Debo. Ayuk coming around. Hands it to Ayuk with the pat run pass option there for Ayuk. I don't know if he can throw it. but And then with Kittle going down the backside? Yep. How about that? Kyle, yep. boom. Touchdown. So I think there's a lot, right? There's just a lot of things that they've already done that are difficult with Debo to defend that maybe you can do a little bit more. Um, you can do a little bit more with. So. Nick Bosa. I expect to see Debo in the backfield throughout the season. Hot take. John, uh, according to sources, John Middlecoff reports. Nick Bosa, who uh, gets down to the line of scrimmage like a panther. I mean, he gets so freaking low. Um, it's really cool to watch. He had one play today that made everybody on the sideline, if the crowd had been there, ooh and ah. Because did Colton McKivitz touch him on that ball or was the only on, on that play or was it just that Nick swiped his hands and that was the only time that Colton McKivitz came in contact with Nick Bosa on that play? If there was physical touch, it lasted for less than a quarter of a second. And Nick was all air around, uh, you know, the hula hoop drill that a lot of, you know, D-line coaches love it. They get their yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely like a high school drill and even college and the pros, maybe a little less. But it makes sense. You want to run the hula hoop because you can bend like around the tackle. Bosa went around that corner so fucking fast. It looked like he was shot out of a rocket. If he was like a Jaguar or a leopard or whatever you're saying, he also had rocket packs on his ass because he went, it was 
if they're playing Geno Smith or someone that's not like Peyton Manning or Brady, they would get rid of it super fast. He would be on that guy and sack him so fast. It would be like a highlight play of the NFL. I think he, he might, might kill him. I think he might sack Manning or Brady. He was there so quick. Uh, my point is that they might just be able to just either throw it away or they do that little Manning would, do the oh, Manning would thing. hit the ground. That's right. Manning would hit the ground. I asked Cam. I had missed this previously because you and I were talking about him lining up on the left side. Um, Cam, Cam Inman, who covers the team, I was standing on the sideline talking to him, and I started talking about it. He said, well, Bosa, Bosa says he likes – one thing that you get when you line up on the left, the defense is left. When you line up around in front of the right tackle, you get to see the ball as you come around the edge. So even though – think about how fast you have to be to be willing to trade the fact that the quarterback can't see you when you're lined up to the right of the formation over the left tackle to move to the other side where he can see you coming, but it doesn't matter that he can see you coming or that fast. You'd rather be on that side of him so you can see the ball. In other words, Nick Bose is so quick that he doesn't care about the element of surprise. I just want to know what you're doing with the ball. There was one play today where he would have had another sack, except the, uh, um, he came crashing down the line of scrimmage and Trey Lance came out the other side where Bosa had been, which I, again, I don't think defenses are going to play them that way. I think defenses are as defenses have been, this isn't new assign that defensive end to Trey Lance on the, whatever the, the bootleg side of the play is. He came crashing down the line of scrimmage. If he had just had the quarterback, it would have been, they would have, the drill would have stopped even in a non-contact drill. Trey couldn't have pitched the ball. And it happens a lot. It's happened several times where Trey is throwing the ball, whoever the quarterback is throwing the ball with both Bosa kind of bellied up to them with his arms back because he his, can't. His, his pass rush reps to sack ratio is extremely high. <laughs> I'm not saying it's one to one, but it feels closer to one to one than it does one to like 0.5. Like it is. Now, like you said, he's going against the right tackle who is often not even, I mean, McGlinchey's, I mean, I don't think he's hurt. He just barely practices. He, he gets like the, you know, I don't even know what, what, I mean, he's on a pretty special. They're just trying to get him to the season. I get it. He's coming back from pretty major injury, but he kills backups. The, the other thing is, and listen, I know Cam said that. I, I do think you're at such a huge advantage in this league. It's why, you know, the Khalil Mack, it's why a lot of the best pass rushers, I think over the last several years have been, the guy on the right side is usually so much worse than a lot of teams starting left tackles. And some teams don't even have good starting left tackles, but they're the overwhelming majority of teams, their right tackle. Like if you gave the GM and the coach an, uh, like an option, like would you like to upgrade this guy? Like they would immediately say yes. And, and in fairness, this is hard to find replacements. That's why we often talk about McGlinchey like, they just might end up signing to like a two-year, $30 million deal. Give them like 15 guarantee. You know, who knows? what? I don't even know what like a team-friendly deal is, but he kind of feels like he's got that written all over him if he's yeah. just solid this year. And uh, I was looking at Khalil Mack, his wiki page, because I wanted to see his, the year that he won the uh, first-team All-Pro. And when he won the Defensive Player of the Year, the year that the Raiders and Jack Del Rio and Derek Carr, I mean, they had an excellent year. And they made the playoffs. That was the year Derek's ankle got shattered and they, they threw him in the front seat. We talked about that last week. Is that Khalil was much rawer than Nick. Like he needed to kind of figure out some things. But that year that he figured it out, it was like, oh my God, this guy, the power, the speed, the the movement. It's just like this guy's the total package. Like he became a star in 16. And Bosa, 
I don't want to say he didn't become a star last year. He was really, really good. But I think this season is when it's going to be like, is this guy the best player in the league? Like maybe, maybe there's still Aaron Donald or Miles Garrett, but like there are going to be moments where you're like, yeah, if you told me that right now this guy's the best player in the league, like that year with Khalil Mack, like this guy pound for pound feels like the best player in the league. Got all pro at multiple positions. Kind of with the vibe you feel with Nick. Like if this guy plays in 16 or 17 games, I, I do not see how he doesn't get 20 sacks. Because there are going to be some games, because remember that Khalil year? He had a couple games where like three sacks. And he had the one game with five sacks. Like, Nick could have a game where he gets like four Five sacks and a half? Was that the Bears Might game? Might have been that four that and a half. It was the Broncos. Remember, Derek, they couldn't oh. move the ball, and he just single-handedly won in the game. Uh, and it feels like Bosa could have some moments like that. A little less. I, I think part of the, what made Khalil so jaw-dropping was he was like picking up guys and throwing them. It felt like, is this like JV versus Varsity? I don't know. Nick... Joey's probably even a little more powerful like that, where Nick is just Vaughn Miller in his prime, where it's like, I can't even touch him. Like, what what, what am I supposed to do? And that's kind of what he feels like coming around the edge. Like, there are going to be plays. He'll have sacks this year where I bet the offensive lineman will come to the sideline and be like, I swear to God, like, I dropped back. I, I did everything I was coached to do, and I look, and he, fuck, he's already by me. And I even, hell, I tried to hold him. I couldn't even grab him. It looks like he shot out of a rocket. You know what's interesting looking at it's the Khalil Mack comp um, is that Mack, I didn't realize this until I just looked, Mack had 11 sacks his depoy year, which feels like it's a kind of a low number for a pass. I would have guessed 16. The year before he had 15, right? Do you have the numbers in front of you? I closed out the window. But I think the year before he had 15. And I think sometimes you almost win the award in part the year before you win an award by having off-season buildup. And Bosa last year had... Yeah, but Matt, Mac had a better statistical season his second year than he did his third. Way more TFLs, way four more sacks. So, I mean, I, you know, I think he probably came into momentum in 16. If we went back and found the preseason defensive player of the year odds for 16, I'd be interested to see where he was coming into that year. Right now, Bosa is uh, fifth behind Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, Micah Parsons, just ahead of Joey Bosa. Um, And, you know, I think part of that is going to be that he had such an incredible year last year. Nick Bosa, for all the credit Khalil Mack rightfully gets for his run-stopping ability, right? You could argue it's the best thing Khalil does is that he's a fantastic run-stuffer while being a pass rusher. Bosa was 21 TFLs last year, led the NFL and tackles for loss. Now, 15 and a half of those were sacks. And a lot of his stuff, remember, I think he benefits from, obviously he benefits from any pass rusher does the way this team plays. If you've got the lead, Nick Bosa, most of his sacks come in the second half. I remember crunching the numbers last year because the Niners played with leads. So um, it feels like it's set up actually coming off of the year he had last year to be now it's tough. I mean, to have 15 and a half sacks and not even be, he was not an all pro, was he? Who? Oh, Nick. Was Nick an all pro last year? Uh, I think he was. Was Second he? Okay. Team, yeah. It's just tough for that position, but I'm almost 100% sure he was second team. Yeah. I mean, you would think. I don't know why I had it in my head that, that maybe he got. No, started. I mean, I, no, he was just a pro bowler. He so was it was not an all pro. So it was TJ. It was first teamers were what TJ Watt and Miles Garrett. I would think that would be the case. And I don't know who the 
Uh, who would have been? A Crosby? Yeah, honestly, I think Crosby got it. And one other. Who would it have been? Micah wouldn't have been my Chell Chase Young, maybe? Uh, Gary, he got hurt. Uh, Darius Leonard. So they had Miles Garrett. It well, I got pro football. Uh, you got somebody else's all pro team, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. We want the AP all pro team. Anyway, is that the one you want? Well, that is the all pro team. Yeah, I mean TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, and then Robert Quinn of the Bears and Max Crosby. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I mean, like, I I would be stunned if he provided health is not on that list this year. And I think you're right. Has it's hard to tell that he's better, right? I don't. He just is so fully formed, as people like to say already. Like you never watch Nick Bosa and think, well, here's seven things he could do better. But sure feels like they're all talking about him like he's better. And you could just make the case he's he's 24 years old. He'll turn 25 in October. Like this is his – we are in his athletic – his most superior prime, which we'll see how long it lasts. He's in great shape, so maybe he's got four years of it. But I just clicked on Tom Brady. Tom Brady has more Super Bowl MVPs than he does first-team All-Pros. Wow. He only has three first-team All-Pros. What does that say? Well, he played in an era where I think, I bet Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning got a lot of first-team All-Pros. It's a, it's a very statistical recognition. And there's great I quarterbacks, too. He's played. I would imagine Aaron, if he, Tom has three first-team All-Pros you know, in his career, how many would you guess Aaron has? Um, Actually, harder than you think to get him. You say he's got three first-team All-Pros? Tom Brady. Yeah, how many MVPs does Aaron have? Three? Aaron has four. Four? So he's got at least four first-team All-Pros. He's got four. Wow. It's just hard. Maybe it's just really hard to get all Well, there's only one first-team All-Pro quarterback, right? Yeah. They don't give you two. I would imagine Tom, Peyton, and Aaron accounted probably for 13 or 14 over the last 20 years, wouldn't you guess? I bet Peyton's the most. When you th- I was thinking about it watching the Yankees the other day. Like the a- the uh, the MVP in baseball is an American League and a National League award. There's two MVPs every year, right? Well, think about this. Yeah, that's a good point. Peyton Manning has seven. So Tom and Aaron combined have as many first team All Pros Peyton does. Voting in before the postseason on that thing. Do you think if right? you could, you, if you could, oh yeah, I think it's a regular season deal. If you could vote, if the voting happened after the Super Bowl, would Tom have ten? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'd have a lot more. You want to talk about uh, Trey Lance? Hell yeah, he did. Um, you know, I wrote, I wrote a note today. Has anybody? We haven't seen a lot of. Um, we haven't seen a lot of Trey Lance yet. But today he made a throw in practice that was, I think, the most Mahomes throw that I've seen him make, which was the, maybe it was part of the play uh, where he turns and not pitches the ball backwards, but as he is on the perimeter, already looks like he's going to run, he turns and throws the ball, throws a spiral. And I think it was, I don't think it was parallel. I think it was backwards. Maybe it was parallel. 
And maybe it was part of what he's been instructed to do, but it it looked like he was freelancing uh, to me. It was sweet. It was. Would you agree? It was one of the. Well, I mean, can you go through the the throws that you've seen him make in your head? I, it was pretty unique. But like you said, I, it's unique. I mean, we just. I think the more you play when you're a great athlete, like you get to just kind of make some cool shit happen. It's why, like, if you get to watch a guy play college football for a couple of years and he's a big time athlete, you get to see some spectacular plays, right? If he becomes like a NFL type player, he we just haven't seen him play that much. I I, I do imagine like part of his package, and this is why you draft the guy three, is because of the ceiling. And we talk about ceiling, and I know Mac Jones somehow was ranked 85th in the top 100. Mac Jones' ceiling is very, very limited. Just like Kenny Pickett's ceilings, uh, he should not be on the list. That Kenny Pickett's ceiling's very low. Uh, Even Zach Wilson, for example, before he got hurt, I had seen like the Jets every once in a while. I follow him on social media. They'll just he can make some cool ass plays in practice, like stop on a dime, throw it like this. You know, it's like Jesus. And it's, you know, part of like what you drafted, I, I think those three guys in general, I'd put Trevor Lawrence there too, is like they got skill sets that now doesn't mean it's going to work, but I do think Trey Lance just has some shit that we haven't seen. Like that was cool. Yeah. Yep. Now the good part is if he had airmailed him, it's going to go out of bounds. Now the bad part would be like if it hit off his helmet and stayed in bounds, it would, like you said, it was, it was not parallel. So the ball would be live. But it was humming, and it was really accurate. Like, he hit him right in – was that Jeff Wilson Jr., I think, that he threw it to? I think it was. I think that it was. It was he definitely hit him running right back. on the hands, on the move. It was – of all of his ad-lib throws, that I'd say that's like a top five cool ad-lib we've seen in practice of him. Yeah. And, and, and it just worked seamlessly. That's a great point. It would have been like, a five-yard gain that you would have, like, if you were sitting on your couch in a game, you're like, that was badass. It's a great point. You don't – there's just stuff with him that he's probably going to come up with later that he doesn't he's not comfortable he's not comfortable yet uh yet maybe an NFL game to do. And he hasn't played that much. He's thrown 71 passes. But I we got to see a little something today. We got to Don't see you have a little to let, but it, I mean, even you know, we talked about it after on Saturday night or Friday night. And this is what you like about like, you know what ultimately to me good players are? Whether it's Jeter making that that play against the A's, whether it's you know, you see it with basketball players. Draymond does it all the time. Like a quarterback, you know, especially talented physically guys that can move around. Like ultimately Tom or even Peyton, like they can only do so much. But when you can move around, I mean, Roethlisberger, I mean, it's he became a star by doing this. Is like yeah. kind of your instincts of, and I think it's what gravitates fans toward these type players. Rodgers is probably the best at it. Is like kind of feel like a little kid when you're watching them. Like I, this is what you would do in high school, but you're doing it at the NFL level. It's why Mahomes is everyone gravitated toward him, right? It's like, God, how well, much fun. It's like well, Brett Favre, but he's under control. Think about how many times through OTAs in practice we've seen Trey Lance out of the pocket and then make a throw, and we we turn and say, yeah, but that's going to be a sack. Well, when Mahomes does it in practice, nobody turns and goes, oh, well, that's going to be a sack because we've seen him do it in games. Maybe some of this stuff where he's ad-libbing out of the pocket is going to translate to games. You just don't know. But that's part of what makes it fun to watch him this year. Because in two years, we might watch him make plays in practice and go, yeah, he wouldn't have got – he would have broken the tackle. He wouldn't have got caught. That's a real game play right there. And I I think a lot of them will be. I mean, we've seen enough of them, I think, that a lot of them 
he is comfortable. And I keep saying it and the, the play on Friday night, John, where he slid and he blew your mind. And then he admitted after the game, he never slid before. Um, he, the fact that he's always looking downfield, even when he's out of the pocket is it's a, it's a great trait. Do you feel better about that slide now that you've had a couple of days to let it marinate about the, I feel better about it after he admitted he had never done it before. That makes me feel a little better. I still think when you're an unnatural slider, you, you, I think you have to be just as decisive with your sliding as you have to be with everything else. And you can get popped if you're not decisive with your slide and not totally comfortable with your slide. In some ways, I'd almost rather you not slide than slide awkwardly because you're really exposed when you slide and you're at the mercy of the defense. And um, so, no, I actually, <laughs> I guess the answer is well, no. But it was a pretty, but it was a relatively smooth slide. Like it, it wasn't it was clunky. A, I still think he went down with both legs. Instead of he went down like this, instead of like this, you know, like you're supposed to slide one leg tucked under, one leg forward. He went down with both legs, which is just kind of falling. It's like he went down the way you jump onto a water slide where you put both legs down and just whoosh. And I'm just a little concerned because he's not, he's, yes, it was good. It was good. Well, the reality is if he slides and he hesitates a little bit, whether or not like, it's a penalty and a guy takes him out and hits him and he gets a concussion. Like that still happens. Right. Yeah. Now you can say that it's still, it's still hit or miss in the league in general with that play. It's a tough spot for the defensive players though. I think they're pretty, if he establishes that he's a slider, who was the guy? Was it Kyler? Wasn't there a player? Was it Russell that did a fake slide or no, it happened in a college game, right? It was Kenny Pickett. It was Kenny Pickett. Like, Kenny they changed Pickett the rule. Like, I'm going to slide and then nope. And he kept going. You're like, fuck you. I pulled up. But it, but the one thing though, if you establish you're a slider, like if that gets on tape, like, you know, he's probably not going to play this week. I think they've already basically admitted he's not playing this week. I thought they said, I thought he said he's playing week one and three. Yeah. Yeah. So he's play week three. And then let's say the first couple regular season games, he slides like a total of four or five times. Then to me, when you're playing him and I'm the LA, I'm Raheem Morris, we're getting ready for him. I'm hammering that home. Guys, when he's down the field, you got to pull up because he's going to slide, and then yeah. that saves you a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. when you're a diver, like, guys, he's looking to finish. We're going to finish him. So, to me, you just got to keep establishing a couple more slides. Then they kind of leave you alone for the most part. I mean, you're still going to get a couple kamikazes. I mean, as I think Robert Sala said after the game, the guy that hit Jalen Hurts said that was an egregious mistake by that guy. Oh, like, that, okay. was, that was embarrassing. Like, Good we can't him. be doing that. Now, the guy did absolutely kill him. And Sirianni started screaming, what the fuck, man, across the field. Salah had no reaction. Sirianni would have felt better if Salah had chewed out his guy. But what if you kind of like... He's I only one of the other side of the field. All gas, no breaks. I kind of want to get some juice. Yeah, no gas, no breaks. Coach, you know, breaks went out. 209 on the stream says, it's just a slide. This is awkward. Yeah, I mean, look, not everyone is as detail-oriented as the coaches. We are. We like to be detail-oriented. Every little detail counts. So um, that's fine, but we break everything down. Nothing, nothing is no detail too small, John. No I'll gas, no slides. Small. You think Steve Jobs would say, "Don't worry about it." Onto the next play, it's just a slide. No. But there was also this. So Peter King in uh, Football Morning in America said, "Is Trey ready to take it on his shoulder?" Or Peter King didn't say this. Kyle Shanahan said this to him. Is Trey ready to take it all on his shoulders? He shouldn't be. He hasn't gone through it enough. 
I believe in a man as a pro as a person. I believe in his talent. I don't think he is going to make or break our season. Just like in 2019 and last year, I didn't think Jimmy was going to make or break our season. But what sucks is when you're learning how to play, you're not there yet. How do you not get worse sometimes when the pressure is on you and you need to go through the growing pains? The first two times I read this quote, I didn't realize that is not even a backhand compliment to Jimmy. That is just <laughs> an assessment of Jimmy. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think if we were really going through all that, I agree with him. You're saying the last, you're saying the last comment is more talking about 2019. Like there were some growing pains and then no, no, I'm out. talking about the middle comment where he says, I don't think he's going to make or break the season just like 2019. And last year, I don't think Jimmy was going to make or break the season, which we all agree. We, we agree with that. But um, it's where that he's that basically Kyle just, saying Kyle Jimmy's disagrees. Yeah, I, I also agree. He's like the 18th best quarterback in the league, guys. <laughs> he's basically saying he's replacement level. That's if you guys saying. want to put a number on it, 18th, I've seen a lot of you put him right around that range. I, I, I me too. We, yeah. we got about 18, 19. I told 20 Sando range. 21, but you know, Sando <laughs> had some people that said yeah, 17. I, I, I would have gone fringe tier four, tier three, but hey, that's I saw a couple people say tier two. I was laughing in my my desk like what, these idiots. But you're right. It's it's rare that like. And I, I would imagine in the, in the, he was just very comfortable with Peter. But you're right. I mean, that's, it's a dig, but it's not a dig. It's, it's reality. It's a reality. It's just, you don't see coaches talk like that very often. Again, I'll read the first. He's, part. he's basically just saying Jimmy's a game manager. I, I think part of what he's saying is this year is it's a totally different quarterback with a totally different skill set, but in many ways it's the same thing we've done before, where our quarterback has some things he does well and has some other things he doesn't do well. And the good thing is our team is really good. Our whole team, the collective is good. And with Trey, you're going to get some things that Jimmy didn't do. Maybe there'll be some things that Jimmy did well that Trey is still figuring out how to do. He won't be limited by physical limitations at all. It's just going to be about learning how to be an NFL quarterback. And he and he says it here too. Like he can't, until he's done it, is he ready to take it on his shoulders? He shouldn't be. He hasn't gone through it enough. So that's part of what this year is about is having him go through it. And you think the team's good enough that he'll get, you know, you things go well, you get to play in the playoffs and he gets a lot of great experience. But the other thing I'll say is it never rode on Jimmy, but even when you have a quarterback who isn't the primary driver of your team's success, there are still, and you made this point the other day, there are still plenty of moments, plenty of throws, plenty of decisions where the guy has to make a top level play. Like they're not the they're not the one seed in 2019 if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't play the way he played in New Orleans, right? Where he had one of the greatest games of his life. So there's a there were so many throws. We could go grab a Jimmy Garoppolo highlight reel and you could make a highlight reel of any quarterback that's played a lot of games and they'd have some great throws. So I agree with Kyle, but the fact is the Trey Lance there's just going to be it's part of being on a winning team, you're just going to be put in a lot of situations and you're going to have chances to make great plays. And I think when you're on a good team, it, those are going to be chances to make plays in pressure situations against other good teams on big stages on Monday nights and Sunday nights. And um, he, this is, you know, to use a, a a Silicon Valley word, it's a, it's a great incubator for him. He's in it. This is the onboarding process. This is onboarding. Yeah, that's right. I just typed in the box score of that game, 48 to 46. The Niners went to eleven and two. The Saints went to ten and three. Like that was a and the Niners were coming off that loss in Baltimore. Drew Brees that game went twenty nine of 40, 355 touchdowns, 
Jimmy didn't match him, but 26 to 35, 349, four touchdowns and a pick. <laughs> it's the best game of his life. 349. It's the best game of his career. Yeah. And it, it looked the best game of his career. It clearly was the best game of his career. But then just a couple weeks later with the division on the line, I, I'm pretty sure he went 18 to 22 and he was excellent against Seattle as well mm. in a, and what did, what do the saints in Seattle have in common? Both were playoff teams, both were on the road and you felt the tension in both the games. And somehow the Niners team, Seattle was probably more of a team effort. This, I mean, Jimmy threw four touchdowns. Like I, I see what Kyle's saying about Jimmy, and he's he's been open about this, right? There was a lot of unknown when Jimmy in 2019, right? He had never was a starter in in New England, but did get two starts. He did get five starts for the 49ers at the end of two seven at the end of 17. Now the difference is the Niners were terrible. So by the time they're playing those last five games, the record speaks for itself. The teams aren't taking them seriously. Remember the Jags who Jimmy outplayed and they beat him. I mean, they, they were a two or three win team at the time. So Jimmy got to play a little under the radar. And then the next year he tears, tears ACL by the third game. But if you remember that year, it was like the first game of the season. Uh, who'd they play? Talk about 19? No, in, in 18. I remember they played the Lions, barely beat them. Was it the, uh, they, what year was the Minnesota game where he had the pick six called back by defensive penalty? I think that was the Lions game. Oh, that was the Lions game? Yeah. I think they might have played Minnesota that year, week one, and they lost. They were one and one going to the Chiefs game. And if you remember, the Chiefs were up like 30 to nothing at halftime. And Jimmy came out and got hurt. Like it, it, it might have been just who knows? Like Jimmy was this work in progress, but he was way more, he was much more experienced of just being around the league, knowing things. Like Trey is still pretty green, both sides, right? I mean, Jimmy got to sit for years. He had to play a little New England. Then he got to play for the Niners with no expectations. He, his onboarding process was fucking long up until 19. Like, Trace, I was thinking about this driving home. Think how fast Trey's life went 0-60. to 60. He went from being the backup, redshirt at a, you know, at the time, you know, coming from Minnesota at North Dakota State. They win the national championship. Uh, Cooper Rush, not Cooper Rush, whoever the dude was that, is in uh, his name kind of is like that. Who was at North Dakota State gets drafted in the fifth round. He becomes a starter, wins a national championship, has a great year Easton as a redshirt stick. freshman. Easton Stick, yeah. Then all of a sudden, one year in as a redshirt freshman, he basically just goes to the NFL because the year gets canceled. He's NFL. He gets drafted third overall. But he went from a tiny program, barely played, to now two years later, he's sitting at the podium and like one of the best teams in the league is depending on him to be the quarterback. That's that's a pretty quick transition, like. Say what you want about Mac Jones. He didn't play much in college, but he had several years at Alabama as the backup with Jalen, with Tua, playing for Nick, then got to play for Nick in, obviously, if you play for North Dakota State, those games. Marty Morningwig once told me this. Like, just because you play in the NFL, like, if you went to Montana and Montana's playing North Dakota State or Montana State or UC Davis, in that community, it's a really, really big deal. So the pressure you feel as an assistant coach or as a player is the same pressure you would feel if you're the Dallas Cowboys playing the Eagles internally. Like, there's no, like, if, I don't want to ruin this game for my team, but there is just a difference. More people are talking about you externally. It's just way bigger. I, I think we underestimate just how big, and it's honestly a testament to, like, how impressive and mature he is at his age to go from that. Because one thing Pop said when Jimmy Ward got injured and he wasn't able to be on the stage in Hufunga, he's like, you think Hufunga's 40 years old. You know, he's an old soul. 
But mm. the one thing Hufunga is like played at SC. You know, I mean, he's just he comes from the you know Hufunga's been in the big leagues. You say SC was down. He's still fucking the best player at USC. Every time he walks in that building, national championships and Heisman trophies. Just a little bit different, and, and just the way they're talked about in one of the biggest cities in America. Like even when they're shitty, like it, it's a big story down there. Like what the hell is going on with USC football? And this guy coming from a big program in North Dakota, and they're obviously really successful, but being the starting quarterback of the Niners within like 18 months, it's I respect just getting thrown into the fire. And we'll see if he can handle it and he just becomes a stud, which everyone's rooting for him to become. And I think Kyle, as those quotes, clearly believes in him. But it, it is just... I, I think sometimes we just we just overlook how insane this transition is for this player. Like even Mac, like you know how Mac went to kind of replace Brady. Well, yeah, he replaced Tua and for played for Nick Saban. Like it's if you were gonna have a spot in college, like that's probably the best spot to get you ready, right? <laughs> You're basically playing in the pros, you know. So it's, this is. And but I know you also go into battle. Who you go into battle with, quote unquote, also matters, right? Why well, I, I think ultimately and he rides in with a pretty good team, one hundred percent. And this is where, in two thousand, just modern day NFL, you don't get to see this as much. I think it's going to benefit him if he turns out to be a good player. That this year, last year was well needed. That he kind of got the the onboarding year, <laughs> the red shirt year, but he got to dabble a little bit. It kind of played out perfectly. Like, do you think looking back, it's impossible to know. And he was injured with his finger, but he let's just say he was healthy. I wonder if it would, and given their situation at corner, do they win 10 games with him? Because it could have been a disaster early on, you know? I mean, we're yeah, at practice today, and you see know. they're still working through like everyone on the same page sometimes plays. Maybe they do, but I don't, I certainly don't think they win 11. You know, like I don't think they would have been better. They certainly could have been worse. But if I told, if the football god came down, he's like, actually, I know what it looks like. They would have won eight. You'd be like, yeah, I could see that, right? You might have taken it, but they wouldn't have made the playoffs. No. So you wouldn't have. That's the other thing that's different between last year and 2019, right? The standard is not be the 2019 team. Not this year. The 2019 team was the best team in the league. They went 13-3. and They were the one seed in the NFC. They also got to fly under the radar a lot coming into the season. Most people weren't picking them to be you know, a 12-13 win team. That's like true, but immediately there. they were very clear. They started 8-0 eight or 9-0, eight or or whatever. I'm just saying, like, the standard for him is not, when we go back to that Saints game, well, if Trey Lance plays that Saints game and they lose and he doesn't throw the way Jim, they're not the one seed, but they're still a playoff team. This year they just got to be a playoff team. They don't have to be the one seed. So I think that's important. Like, he doesn't have to have that game necessarily if they're winning a bunch of other games and they're not the one seed. That's a, they They just got to be a playoff team this year. And that doesn't, I think what, they don't have to win I, 13 games. I, I think what makes Kyle very unique, and he used to take a lot of shit for this, <laughs> even you know, around the Jimmy, like, does he think he can win with anybody at quarterback? <laughs> and, it, and you kind of see that quote, like, yeah, kind of do. <laughs> and for and a reason. Because I have. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I now I think he would tell you, I believe that also because we have a really good team. I, I don't think he would. If you gave him like, just, I don't know who's a shitty team in the league, right? You gave him the Bears. He wouldn't go like, yeah, I can win with anybody. You know, he wouldn't say, you need good players at other positions. But I think in his mind, if my team's good and my quarterback does what I ask him to do, we can be solid. I don't necessarily need Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. Now, I also think like, would you take Patrick Mahomes right now? He would say, of course I would, right? Right. Or Josh Allen. 
Or he might go, yeah, you know, I'd be good with Cousins if we save a little money and get another player. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he's got a little more money ball into you than he thinks. I'd be bold. Irony is Cousins still cost you $40 million, right? It's not like it's not like you get one for 20. It's not, this isn't baseball where you're like, well, I can get this player and get three other guys. No. I mean, the random quarterbacks now cost you 38. So I mean, this is the going rate. I mean, what I think Derek is like 40. I mean, that's just that's just the rate of these guys. Most of the guys in the top 10, shit, Brady, the reason no one can even get mad at Brady for taking a vacation. Remember, guys, I make $27 million. Leave me alone. That's why there should be so much pressure on the Chargers and the Bills this year. But well, not the Bills, the Chargers, right? Because Herbert's still cheap. Yeah, well, it's, it is. There's a lot. I mean, they there's a lot of pressure when your quarterback is cheap. And Trey Lance is this is year two. He's cheap right now. So I, I think it adds pressure to your team when you're supposed to be good and you know, like, well, we have this quarterback, so we can have several championship level windows, but the first window is the one where the quarterback's cheap. Well, the Chiefs would say, you know, we we lost one because we redshirted a lot like, you know, Lance. But in the they paid him after his third year. And the two years, first year, he won the MVP. We lost a heartbreaker in overtime to the Patriots with Tom Brady, his last Super Bowl. And the second year, we won the Super Bowl. You like it, it worked out well on the rookie contract. You got to strike with the iron shot. You don't want to be the Chargers, be like, you know, first year, Anthony Lynn didn't even like him. It was way too late. We won seven games. Second year, fuck, somehow we missed the playoffs. Third year, you know, a couple things went wrong, went for it. I didn't kill Mack and J.C. Jackson, but, uh, you know, still building. <laughs> paid paid, uh, um, paid Mike Williams to come back, too. Don't forget about that. Now, yeah. got kind of got a deal, but. Um, question on the stream from Austin. Are the Niners going to have eight players in the top 100? Well, let's just focus on number 100, John. Shout out to um, Kyle Juszczyk. Actually down three spots. For uh, for what reason, I don't know. Well, um, you had some new, you had some rookies, right? It's oh, like, a, you know, it's like a new influx of a recruiting class. I would imagine Micah Parsons, uh, Jamar Chase, I- I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, right. Slater, uh, the dude, the left tackle for the Chargers. The, all these guys, rookies are making the top 100 and like elite, you know, just it bumps you down, but. He he didn't beat out Kirk Cousins, which I'm not the biggest Cousins guy. It feels crim- the 99 feels a little low for the guy, doesn't but, it? But look, not only is he 99 this year, last year he was not on the list. People hate him. Do, do you think Kirk Cousins is dramatically worse than Derek Carr? Not dramatically, no. Do you think Derek Carr is 100% better than Kirk Cousins? I do. Would you place one at 65 and the other guy at 99? No. Now you can argue it's a flawed list, unlike basketball, because how could you even have quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins is so much like the Vikings. Would you rather have Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Ward? You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Ward, 96 on the list. CeeDee Lamb, 95, had not been on the list before. Justin Tucker, 94. Have, I mean, Justin Tucker's a great player, but. 49ers know. do have, I mean, as you said, you watch brick by brick. Uh, Mr. Relevant gets a you know, a, uh, a parade down in Brock Purdy, Coronado Island. California. Yep. And then they have, you know, top 100, Mr. Relevant Kyle Juszczyk, who may or may not be telling people where to line up consistently in his 49er career. Well, it's actually the clip in this thing is, is Kittle saying 
he fixes all our all our play. He fixes plays for us all the time. Defense isn't in what we expected. Kyle Juszczyk fixes the play. And today, and Kyle Kami pointed out to me on the sideline today, there was a play where Trey Lance lined up under center and Juszczyk yelled, no, pistol, pistol. And then Trey Lance came out of his under center position and in the pistol. And I pulled up on my phone. I, I'll, I, I didn't pull it up here, but um, remember last year there was a play where Ayuk did not go in motion. And he starts screaming at and him. Juice yells. I think he yells like, Brennan, Brennan. And he starts waving. And I, and to me, that's significant because he might do it this year. And when he does it this year, somebody will say, rightfully, he's helping out the rookie Trey Lance. Well, he did it with Garoppolo, who should have known that Ayuk should have been in motion too. So it's not just going to be a Trey Lance thing. It's a Harvard guy thing. Well, think about this. You know, there's a running joke that a lot of people with their colleges out west. So I went to the Harvard of the West Coast. I would imagine people like I went you to know, the Harvard. I'm a Harvard grad. I'm a Harvard uh, Harvard of the South. The guy literally went to Harvard, the real Harvard. <laughs> Harvard of the West. Did you know uh, Doctor Disrespect went to Cal Poly Pomona? I got fired up for a second. I thought it was San Luis Obispo, but played basketball at Cal Poly Pomona. And he goes by Guy, apparently. Is that his real name? It's not his real name, though. I don't, someone will have to fill me in on uh, Dr. Disrespect. Um, How old do you think Dr. Disrespect is? He's like, uh, he's like, um, uh, he's like 40 or 41, 42, something like that. Uh, Oh, so he's a little older. He's not like, he's not like a quote unquote young guy. No, I thought, I think he played college basketball in like maybe his last year I read was like, oh, yeah, like 03, maybe 04, something like that. Honestly, I would if you would have said like once someone said last week that he played college basketball, I would have guessed probably even a little higher level than that. I you know, I don't know if I would have gone like Pac ten, Pac twelve, but I might if you would have told me like New Mexico or UNLV, just that body type, like he he was not small. He looked like a legitimate division one body type, didn't he? Yeah, he he led them in rebounding a couple games. I looked at his game log. Now, if you told me that he would tell you that I'm actually I'm in way better shape, like more Jack now than I was in college, you know, something like I, I could see, yeah. you know, you got a little more money, a little HGH. He's, he looked pretty jacked. He looked big. Yep. He, he looked big. Uh, John, I, I, I'm here to report. I watched uh, some of the Panthers preseason game. And Baker Mayfield looks, he's better than Sam Darnold. He actually looked pretty good. I thought, um, I watched some of the Browns, Browns preseason game. Got to lock it on the Browns a little bit, and um, uh, they muffed the first punt of the season. The Bears, the Bears, Bears Chiefs, first punt muff, and um, two things. As you tweeted uh, when I put that video out, High Tower. Here's did the they other show thing. them? Did they show them on television? They didn't immediately show them. Here's the other thing about that. Uh, what I read was that muffed punt by whoever the guy, his name's like da- Daz or da- uh, it was like Daz or Jazz or I think it was Daz um, that it makes it more likely that their starting punt returner could be Dante Pettis because he had two returns, fair catches, and he had a 25-yard catch on a fourth down play. So Dante Pettis could be the, the starting punt returner for the Bears. Which wouldn't... I, I do wonder if Hightower, who was here with the 49ers, was a proponent of Dante Pettis in terms of the kicking game, which he was good at in college. Yeah, he was great. He set the record for touchdowns. 
which I always thought was weird. It was like the one thing that everyone agreed on that he kind of did well in college. The Niners never asked him to do. You think maybe internally he was like, why won't Kyle just use him in the role where I think he should be used? Let me use him in that. But again, they put up, they do put him up. The Bears do put him on offense. But I, didn't you think it was a little bizarre that he was yeah, just I, great and they never used him? Especially when it's not like he was your number. He, it's not like you were protecting him. But even usually when a guy's sweet, like when it's clear he's going to be awesome on offense, Odell Beckham and Deshaun Jackson, for example, both those guys early on in their career were dynamic punt returners. Why? Because in college, that's what they did. Honey Badger. Now, once you become like back-to-back pro bowlers, like, well, we siphon you out of here. But like when you're just the rando... Ray, Ray Ray McLeod's going to be returning punts for like 17 straight years. Like, that's just kind of what you do. Honestly, if Dante Pettis can just have some moments where it's like, God, oh, he's actually not bad as a punt returner. Couldn't he just extend his career just a couple more years? All of a sudden, it's like, how about Dante Pettis play? Oh, he actually played nine years in the league. Yeah. You just return for four years. You don't have to cover kicks. You just return them. But you got to return them. <laughs> and it's... I, I remember watching clips of Dante in college, like... I would not call him a puss by any means. Like he was breaking some tackles, running around. Kind of have to. Like you, I think it's he had hard to eight, be. I think eight touchdowns. I, he, in his career, he broke the record. Yeah, it was the college record. It was. Uh, I thought he broke Deshaun Jackson's record. It was Djax, Amendola. Amendola, I think, had like seven maybe in his career. Past him too. Um, it's a great, It's a it's a fantastic way to get on the radar of NFL people. Start scoring touchdowns in Power Five. On punts, it's not easy. I mean, even in college, like it's most punt returns in college, unless it's like a one of those trick where the guys land down. Like if you're going around, guys, it it's usually one of the more exciting plays of the weekend, right? Yeah. If it's like two power five teams going against each other, and you're like breaking, you like leap over a guy. Punt I don't even know play. if Sports Center does like top ten plays, but it just stayed on the internet back in the yeah, it gets tweeted. JJ Ortega Whiteside traded. That was your guy. Well, what? I'm kidding. Uh, I I mean, Howie Roseman, no. He does not hang on to, I would imagine, like, I don't know. Remember, you know he, moved to, remember he moved the tight end this offseason? Yeah. Or like the last year. Maybe it was this year. I think he's a tight end now, technically. <laughs> how, how, no one's ever called Howie a, a hoarder, I bet. I bet Howie doesn't keep a lot of like old pairs of pants around. Like, he just don't fit anymore. Gots to go. Yeah, I mean, what I'm do analytic people right. do? They they move, you know, in the baseball world, they move fast. In the NBA, they would too. The problem is you can't move contracts. But in baseball, they siphon through randos. Football, you know, really Belichick is the only other guy that will just get rid of like a third rounder the next year. Most coaches just won't. Now, J.J. got drafted years ago, but he just sucks. But it, it was he wasn't good in college. You know, he just caught jump balls in college. He did go to the combine and didn't he run like a four four oh or four three eight? He did ran he a fast. Oh, no. yeah. did he really run that fast? Yeah, yeah. Explains why the owner liked him. No. So somebody though. reported today. I mean, this has always kind of been known, but the JJ wouldn't text Jeffrey Lurie back. <laughs> no, that was Carson. The JJ, uh, or I guess that was uh, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy. <laughs> the JJ was Jeffrey Lurie's pick. What? No, it had been reported like a long time before. ago. Yeah, it was like when the Doug Peterson was getting fired. There were a lot of people telling on each other. But once you have some success, here's the thing: those things matter when you suck, right? When you're missing on picks, 
people think the, the Eagles go to the playoffs last year. They're good this year. Now, I don't know how good Jalen's going to be, though they think he's... But incredible. so what? They drafted Devontae Smith. <laughs> yeah, they, their team is, and, and they trade for A.J. Brown. Like, that's the other thing. Howie will just aggressively just double down and improve once you miss. And I, I actually think that's your got to be your philosophy when, you know, you miss on a pick. You don't hang on for too long. Now, sometimes it's difficult, right? Like, we talk about McGlinchy a lot. Like, what are the, how are the Niners going to find another McGlinchy now that you don't have a first round pick? Like, what do you do? But if this year you don't think he's the guy, you cannot just give him money. And I'm just using him as an example. Like, a lot of teams find themselves in these predicaments, you know? What do you do? And the, the, I think the best teams just do what, everything humanly possible to pivot. You know who's a great pivoter is Andy. Remember two years ago, they went all in for Trent Williams. And even Trent on like a video almost admitted, like, I was going to go, but Kyle came through. And then like the next day, they make a trade for Orlando Brown. But it's not like they're like, oh, what are we going to do now? We're going to trade up in the draft. No, it's like they have a couple contingency plans. They just bounce. It's got to be very emotional about your, got to be like far on, but better. Twenty, Yeah, 2021. I mean, they drafted, I, I don't think uh, I saw a snap. Sky Moore didn't have any snaps with uh, Patrick Mahomes, but. You know, Mahomes didn't play 14 snaps the other day or something like that. Um, but it's another pivot year for them. From Tyreek to Juju. Juju in the slot. I think they're going to be good. They think they're going to be good. They're they're excited. to. They can't wait to see Arizona week one. Well, there's nothing like a great team who gets kind of disrespected, right? Who gets to play the nobody believes in us. Well, for the first time in his career, I'd say Mahomes got some criticism. Yeah. And I it, a lot of it came from – actually, it came from different things, right? It came from the regular season where even to me it felt like they were kind of on cruise control and then definitely the throw at the he, end of the first half against the Bills. I, I did think that he uh, – that it wasn't against the – it was the Bengals. The Bengals, yeah. Thank you. I, I did I did think that Mahomes, though, remember like the last – early on the season it was weird and they dialed it up the second half and they started kicking ass taking names. <laughs> Was last year the year they played the Raiders and beat them like a combined 80 to 20? Or was that two years ago? Well, I mean, throw a, <laughs> throw a dart. <laughs> I think throw last a dart year that, in a season. Them versus the uh, the old uh, Vegas Raiders was not too pretty for the uh, Raiders. It had uh, to be. I don't know why you two, a big smile on your face. Because two that. years it was Gruden beat them and drove around the stadium and it pissed them off. So last year was uh, 41-14. And forty-eight to nine, yeah, that's a pretty wide uh, differential, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Mahomes was uh, fifty-six of seventy-five in those uh, two games for seven touchdowns, no picks. Fifty-six of seventy-five, seven touchdowns, and uh, no picks. Now fifty-six divided by seventy-five. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and. Uh, it feels like a high completion percentage, John. 75% if I did my math right there on 56. That is an ass kicking. Right? He was... Irony is I don't even know if Gruden was around for any of those ass kickings. Well, not the second one for sure. And the first one even was week 10. I don't think he was still there by week 10. Yeah, I think he was gone, though. So they didn't even get to beat up on the guy they wanted to beat up on, did they? Again, 56 of 75. 75% 75% like completion percentage. 
Feels like he's got some ownage. <laughs> Just off the top of my head, beside even last year. Well, we can look up his uh I think we can look up his verse splits. Career splits versus the Raiders. I don't know why John enjoys this so much, but I, you know, I'm just, when he's, when I he's such a big fan. Uh, where's my Vegas? Where's my Raiders? Oakland, LA, whatever. Um, seven and one, 65%. By far and away, his most touchdowns he's thrown against anybody, 22. Three picks. So he's on about a seven to seven to one ratio there, huh? He's uh yeah. Yep. What's seven he averaging per pass. He's, he's thrown for twenty five hundred yards, which is um most in the most against any team. It's gotta feel like he's averaging sixteen yards a pass or something. Does it have the uh yards per air yards per attempt is nine point six. I'll just tell you yards per completion would be uh, 2546 divided by 193 completions. It's only 13 yards per completion. It's a lot of first downs, guy. Uh, on the stream, Al says, Danny, great choice, 86. If he did, 86 means he's out of sight, a DB's sight. Well, he was... Uh, out of sight of team drills today because he was working out on the side, which is less than ideal. Says he's fine, just a little banged up from the uh, preseason game. So he's gonna have, he's gonna have to find a way to play banged up. Yeah, uh, another great catch by Brandon Ayuk today. By the way, didn't mention him. Can't go low. Post practice show without mentioning Brandon Ayuk. He's not bad. All right, uh, good news for everybody out there. Starting on Thursday. Begins a stretch of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, five straight days um, with NFL football, which is preseason football. Um, so do with that what you will. But we got a game Thursday, we got a game Friday, we got a game Saturday, we got a game Sunday, and we got a Monday night preseason game. Oh, Bucket Aikman. But no Brady. Is it the Bucks? Maybe it's not the Bucks. Yeah, but he wouldn't play anyway. Yeah, but he's not even going to be on the sidelines. Yeah, probably not. Uh, Falcons, Jets. Actually, it's going to be a talking point. Like, what is the result of, as we record this, waiting to find out? Busy week for uh, Dr. Neil Elitrash, John. Casey Halpern on the internet tweets that he has Zach Wilson's surgery tomorrow, and next week he'll do Walker Bueller's elbow surgery. So, Has Walker Bueller not played for a while? He's out for the year, according to uh, reports. So big week for uh, Dr. Neil Elitrash. I don't know if you can get in on a on an MCL, maybe fit in on John Middlecoff. But if you had to guess what kind of car Dr. Neal drives, what would you guess? I'm going a Ford, a, sedan, a Mercedes sedan. <laughs> I, I would bet, I'd say 90% chance Mercedes sedan, um, 8% chance. You don't see a lot of these, but like the big four door sedan Lexus. So sometimes a doctor likes a big Lexus. Um, I, 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 my, with someone like this, I, Range Rover, Doc, if you wouldn't go, yeah, I was, yeah, Rain, Bentley, Range. I mean, it, oh, you know, you could go definitely Doc. Good Doc loves a good Porsche. I mean, that's I feel like the know. top dentists often go with Porsches. I feel like a doc, really? yeah, my Dr. Mandelaris at least did. Dr. Uh, Mandelaris, 
you know, maybe, maybe it was a nice Beamer. I, I, doctor, feel like this I can guy, tell you Dr. Haberman wants to be sure that nobody sees uh, that type of vehicle in the doctor's parking spot at his office. That's true. I I wonder if Dr. Neal's thinking like that or, you know, uh, no. Needs... <laughs> I wonder what a surgery costs for Dr. Neal, like 500 K per. Yeah. What's the markup on the celebrity? Do you think celebrities go to him? Just be like, yeah, I got my knee cleaned out. But you don't even play sports. Yeah, same guy that did uh, Walker Bueller's elbow. Did what's his name retire? Who? James Andrews. I thought I do think James Andrews kind of dialed it back a little bit. Well, I wonder. I mean, this because you said knee. I was like, maybe this guy's the knee guy. But I was like, Doctor James Andrews did knees and he did elbows. Like this guy might be taking his real estate. I, I, I thought Doctor James Andrews was a little older too. So yeah, he is. Doctor like, James Andrews, seventy nine years old. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> James, we sure he can even see straight anymore. I mean, it was time. Like, I bet he's got good vision, to steady be, hands. James Andrews had the market cornered. Who someone else was going to get that spot and profit heavily, and it feels like Doctor Neil slid into that thing. Doctor Neil has been the. Do you think Doctor James Andrews like hands over the mantle? I don't know. It's like it just goes out to like ten doctors. Like, who wants my black book? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the agents. Well, it's basically all the agents. And all the GMs in all the major sports. Like, these are their numbers. They all contact me. Do you want it or not? What can he charge for that? Well, I mean, I guess you could give discounts to do famous people, so then your name's out there. But it's like Zach Wilson is not... It wasn't like Zach Wilson's idea, right? They just... This is who you send them to, right? You just went to Dr. James Andrews. Now it feels like you're just going to Dr. Neil. Yeah. I don't know if his name's going to pop. It was just Dr. James Andrews. It was very easy to say. Dr. Neil, blah, blah, blah. Neil Elitrash, but the name just really, if you say his name, it feels like you're an insider because you don't just read that name. You have to have heard that name, seen that name. Yeah. So um, in that I'm way, it's kind of unique. Uh, Dr. James Andrews. Hopefully he's doing well in retirement. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of careers under that knife. Hell yeah. Saved a lot of them. Probably ruined a couple too, but you know, we only talk about, we don't talk about the bad ones. Pretty good track record. Great. I guess you would never do stuff at a discount. These people are too valuable to care about doing deals at discounts. Okay, no, I don't feel anyone in the medical field does anything on a discount. Dr. Neil will have a bust in Canton. I mean, I wonder how many Hall of Famers he's cut, you know? Maybe it's not crazy. Probably a lot. All right, on that note, thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Uh, another sh- more shows coming up this week, but don't forget we will be live on Saturday night at some point TBD um, during or after Niners Vikings. See how good the game is. Bye everybody. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.